Now back to On the Block with Strick and Austin on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. We're 15 minutes away from playing the shootout with Strick. Big Ten Men's Basketball Players of the Year is the uh, the topic, so have that on your mind. Be ready to call in about 15 minutes. Now we're going back to the spring football conversation, taking a look around the country. It's some intriguing quarterback battles. And Strick, uh, this is a list provided by the Sporting News. We'll touch on some of the ones that they think are the most interesting. Here's one that I could have, you know, said without anyone pointing it out to me. Texas. Mm-hmm. You have Quinn Ewers. One of, you know, like a handful of perfectly rated five-star prospects in recruiting ranking history against maybe the most hyped quarterback recruit since Trevor Lawrence, at least, in Arch Manning. Mm-hmm. Queen Ewers was fine last year, good at times, had a rough patch, but this is Arch Manning. He has that Manning last name. There's that Manning, you know, clout and money behind the name. How do you see that situation at Texas? Well, first of all, let's just talk about there's three perennial national championship contenders that uh, are looking to, in some form or fashion, replace a quarterback in 2023. You have Georgia, you have Alabama, and you have Ohio State. That's that's first and foremost. But when you look at Quinn Ewers, um, like you said, not a bad year, 2,100 yards, had a little injury, 15 TDs, six interceptions in, in 10 games. Um, you know, something unique about him, he has a strong arm. You know, um, he can drop it on a dime. Uh, only 58% that he he was able to complete um, six and four as a starter. But then, you know, you look on the other hand, Manning has the pedigree. He has the name, uh, 9,754 yards passing, 140 TDs in his four years as a starter. Um, You know, of the Manning brothers, Peyton, you know, did come in as a freshman and start. But let's just be real about it. It wasn't that he came in and took it. He only actually came in because Jerry Colquitt and Todd Helton uh, had injuries. So that kind of thrust him into the the mix of that. Um, I think what you got to look at for this, you're, you're going to look at Quinn Ewers is going to be QB one to start off uh, the Alabama game. He played very well last year against them. Um, they'll they'll probably look at that game. And that'll be a great evaluation point as to you know uh, how that's going to possibly go towards the end of that. Um, and but the pressure's on yours. You know the pressure's going to be on yours. I mean. Arch Manning's just going to be able to just come in and play relaxed and no expectations. Ultimately, um, they, all the expectations is on yours. He's got it's his to lose. I I, I mostly agree. I, I won't say there's no pressure on Arch Manning though because he's got that name to live up to. Even yeah. if he's you know good at handling and he has help from you know everyone in his family who's been through it, you're still the number one recruit. You're still going to Texas. The eyes you know of Texas, no theme song pun or no fight song pun intended, are going to be on you. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I think from that standpoint, but I, I would, I would push back a little to say, um, it's, it's easier if you're kind of looking up as sure. opposed sure. to everybody looking up at you. I, I don't, I don't think. Yeah, Manning's looking forward. Yours is looking over his shoulder. Yes, and 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 it's 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 no different than when I was playing in Dallas, where I was. At, a lot of people don't know this, like. It's crazy when I think about it, but I was the starter and Steve Nash was the backup to me, right, when I was Mm -hmm. in Dallas. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that was easy for them to do was to move me out of the way so that Steve is not looking over his shoulders. He can make mistakes. He can, you know, it's easier when you know you don't, 
have that same caliber of somebody coming behind you to, right. you know, that that mm-hmm. that coach can easily say strict or somebody or you know that can come and fill that space without any worry of of any loss. So that's the thing that makes it hard for someone like yours is looking over shoulder. Who's the Texas starting quarterback in 2024, Quinn Ewers or Arch Manning? I think it's very possible that Arch Manning could be. I think then Quinn would be looking to move elsewhere, which anybody out there in the transfer portal, um, Quinn's not going to want to sit behind. He has aspirations, obviously, Mm -hmm. at the next level. He's not going to want to sit behind uh, Arch Manning. I think Arch Manning will be okay for a year to kind of go in and evaluate, see how he is. Mm -hmm. Um, He won't stay probably outside of his sophomore year. I don't think if if it kind of gets to that situation, he may be looking to move elsewhere. One of them is going to be looking to move elsewhere if they ultimately do do not uh, live up to the expectations. Going back to the Big Ten Conference for the next one, it Wisconsin. They bring in four quarterbacks this offseason with the switch from, uh, you know, the, the power run game that they were so focused on for so long. Who are we talking about? Wisconsin. Okay. Over it uh, up in Madison with Phil Longo there as mm-hmm. the new offensive coordinator under Luke Fickle. Uh, they lose Graham Mertz to Florida. Maybe addition by subtraction. Graham Mertz wasn't always Facts. that <laughs> Great move for them. You know, <laughs> move on from that. Good for Graham Mertz. He gets better weather. Yeah. Play some SEC football, maybe, but probably better for Wisconsin. Uh, Graham Mertz was Graham Mertz. We'll just say that. I'm pretty sure that Luke Fickle had a discussion with Graham Mertz <laughs> coming in. And uh, he was going to look to find his guy. And and so you're going to have a battle there um, between Tanner Mordecai and uh, Nick Evers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the Wisconsin's quarterbacks have not been good. I mean, 42 wow. TDs with 31 interceptions over the, the course of that last three seasons. That's that's Mertz's time is those last three years. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, um, you know, Fickle's quarterbacks, you know, he's good. He's good at coaching up quarterbacks, as we know. He's put, put some in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, his TD, his quarterbacks alone have amassed 72 TDs. I mean, literally have doubled that number almost. Mm-hmm. And um, – so, so there's an improvement there. Um, I I think personally that Mordecai is not necessarily the the guy that Fickle would be all in on. Maybe not a Russell a Wilson level level transfer. It's just a stopgap. I think. Mm-hmm. I think he, he's kind of somebody. Um, you know, the offense is going to shift. It's going to change. It's not going to look like your typical Wisconsin uh, offense of the past. Um, but the one that I think to keep an eye on is Nick Evers. Watch how he develops and how Nick is able to, Mm -hmm. um, uh, I mean, how, um, Luke Fickle is able to really work with him and get him prepared. I think he may end up being the guy ultimately. If Oklahoma wanted him, most places should want him to be a quarterback, plain and simple. Uh, let's go to the SEC for the next couple. Tennessee, you lose Hendon Hooker, uh, unfortunate injury that he suffered. Would have loved to see you how Tennessee's season would have finished if Hendon Hooker was able to be healthy. But his backup backup was former Michigan player Joe Milton, who transferred into Tennessee. He's battling an incoming freshman by the name of Nico Iamaleva, who only has one of the largest NIL deals in history. This is a guy that Tennessee, you know, went hard after and got. There's a lot of money involved with Nico Iamaleva. Do you see Milton as another stopgap type guy, or do you think it'll take uh, young Nico a year to get going. Well, uh, obviously the knock on Milton has been his accuracy, right? Um, he's only completed 59% of his, um, his passes before transferring to Tennessee. Um, I think that 
Milton, with um, his maturity, his abilities in other areas, will probably be the starter. Um, I think they face off against Virginia in their first game. Um, but Lamaleva is is just way too talented. Uh, I mean, big arm, long. He's got pretty good legs. Um, you know, I think he's a good mixture to throw in if you can get him in early just to kind of let him, you know, get a good feel of SEC football. But that that's going to be their guy, ultimately. I, I, I do think Milton will probably uh, lead the charge initially. It's so much to learn for a young man. We're going to test, you know, they're going to test his IQ and see what he's got as far as learning and picking up, you know, the offensive and the defensive schemes and go from there. But, yeah, this young man is uh, – he's a special talented. He's 6'6", 200 pounds. Um, you know, but like I said, with a new offensive coordinator – Enjoy Hazel. That's going to be something that they're going to have to keep an eye on. But Hypo's good. He's a former quarterback himself, so they'll make sure the young man's ready. On the text line, real quick, Mask Texter asks, has Frost's old quarterback coach found a job yet? I assume referring to Mario Verduzco. If he has a job, it's not in football. Um, looking up, not seeing anything on the football front from Mario Verduzco. Hope that answers that. And one more SEC quarterback battle to get to Strick is Ole Miss. One mm-hmm. of the more fascinating QB rooms in the country, if you ask me, because you have Jackson Dart, who uh, starts for Ole Miss last year. Good player, transferring in from USC. A lot of hype around him. Again, kind of fine. Good at times, up and down at times. Ole Miss really relied on the run game, two stud running backs. Jackson Dart was Acceptable, adequate, mm-hmm. not top shelf. Right. Then you add in two transfers, one from inside your conference in Walker Howard, who went to LSU, highly touted guy, didn't really see the field. The other is a longtime starter from Oklahoma State, Spencer Sanders, who is much more a run-first quarterback, a good enough passer, but Oklahoma State built a lot around his ability to run the ball, to take those hits in short yardage situations. I don't know what Lane Kiffin is doing, but I really don't know what Spencer Sanders is doing. Because to me, as a guy who's playing his last year of college football, he's third on this list, if you ask me. Well, well, the crazy thing about it is, you know, Walker Howard has more time. So the urgency really probably you got to be looking at Jackson Dart and Spencer uh, Sanders ultimately. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, his record is pretty good. You know, 31-12 and 12 over the course of himself being a starter, 85 TDs for the Cowboys. Um, so he's not going to just lay down and give it up. So um, Walker Howard having a little bit more time, haven't, like you said, seen, um, but he could emerge. And and like you said, that would be, a, a, you know, a travesty for Spencer Sanders in making that move over there, uh, being that it is your last opportunity to, to find yourself in that kind of fight, that kind of battle in your last year. Um, how do you want to go out? Um, but spring football is coming up. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that there'll be an assessment done over that that period of time. Um, unfortunately for Spencer Sanders, if he loses out in this and becomes the third guy, he's only his best move is going to be you know uh, you know mid major you know mm-hmm. less than power five maybe to move over and kind of learn a system pretty quickly. Somebody that has a real special need because he can play. Mm-hmm. He. He was very similar to Sean Clifford and Adrian Martinez in my head. Spencer Sanders was a guy that you know what you're going to get from him. Here's the last one with the spring quarterback battles on Strick. Alabama looking for a quarterback. Georgia looking for a quarterback. Ohio State looking for a quarterback. Which of those races is most intriguing to you? Um, 
I would probably say, <laughs> um, you know, Milrow in Alabama got some time. A little bit. So he was very leg-dominated, you know, only averaging 8.5 yards per pass, uh, 58%. He's not, he's not very consistent, but he's got great legs. That's not intriguing to me. It's just trying to figure out who's going to be able to run the ship for them. Mm-hmm. The one that's interesting to me is, you know, who's going who's gonna to follow up on Stetson Bennett? So it's going to be between Carson Beck, uh, Brock Vandergriff, and, and Gunnar Stockton. That's going to be the most interesting for me. Um, I think it's ultimately going to pan out to be maybe Beck or Vandegrift. They both showed great flashes uh, in last year's spring game. Um, but whoever wins out on that, there's going to probably be a move after this spring game for one of those two guys, and then that'll that'll leave Stockton in there. Um, so that's probably the one to watch is who's going to run that Ooh, that national championship and who's going to want that pressure and who's going to want that smoke and we'll see but one of those guys probably going to bounce and, and leave camp if it doesn't work out for him Ohio State uh, I, I think this article is wrong in saying Ohio State didn't go to the transfer portal the two guys that they had on campus already Kyle McCord and Devin Brown they had a Tristan Jebbia that's mm. a name Husker fans should know again Jebbia's mm-hmm. been around the block played uh, quite a bit at Oregon State not the guy that took him to the bowl game this year, but Tristan Jebbia has film out there. Ohio State goes out and gets him. Kyle McCord has been on campus for a couple of years. He's been a backup. Hard to say he's a proven commodity, but I think he's the would be the more veteran, stable option in that offense because he's not learning a new offense. Yeah. And then you get the wild card in, in Devin Brown, who seems like he's able to run a little bit, a little more mobile. Maybe not quite Justin Fields-like mobility, but closer to that than what C.J. Stroud gave them. And really, it could be the quarterback play for Ohio State that determines the Big Ten East. Because Michigan, uh, with J.J. McCarthy at the helm, we know what he can do. Uh, Penn State's turning the reins over to Drew Aller, but they have two stud running backs in the stable. And Ohio State, you know, still on top of the recruiting rankings, and we know Ryan Day can develop quarterbacks. But when I look at the guys that he brought in, Strick, this to me seems like it could be the year he needs to do his best coaching of the quarterback position. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's going to be some work for him that he's going to have to put in. Um, there's still pressure on him. He's got to beat Michigan. So um, it's, it's going to be some pressure as to who he's going to allow to uh, run his ship. So, you know, it, it, you know we'll see. We'll see. Um, we don't know which guy is going to be the one, um, but keep an eye out on it. We turn the conversation back to basketball next, starting with the shootout with Strick. Again, Big Ten Men's Basketball Players of the Year. Uh, different questions regarding that. We'll get into that, and then we'll turn it to the NBA for Hour 2. Ask Strick some questions about that as the second half of the season gets underway tonight, and we'll hear from said Sabalis as well. 402-464-5685, the digits you need to get in to play the shootout with Strick for your chance at $15 to Buffalo Wings and Rings. We're playing the game next. 